0: The magic doesn't happen in a planning session in the conference room with the executive team. The magic happens when a happy technician or a happy CXR answers the phone and you can hear the smile in their voice. And when a happy technician gets in front of a happy customer, that's the magic.
2: Hello, contractors, and welcome to Toolbox for the Trades. Today I'm speaking with the VP of Sales at Gettle, Dale Steele. Dale and I spoke about how he views sales and how it's all about making authentic connections with people. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. Dale Steele. You are the VP of sales at a little company that some people may have heard of. It's called Gettle. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. We are going to talk today about how you maintain laser focus within your career. We're going to talk about sales as well. Ken Goodrich told me that I needed to talk to you. And honestly, before we even booked this podcast... Or when I did my discovery call with you, I was like, oh, I cannot wait to get Dale in a room one-on-one and hit record. So thank you so much for giving me some of your time. We are going to kick off this podcast. We do every single one, which is how did you get into the trades?
0: Well, first of all, it's great to be here. And uh, yeah, how I got into the trades is I met a guy. I used to be
2: in a in a, in a band. Really? What'd you play? I was a singer, a you know, heavy metal singer. A heavy metal? Dale, you can't come out the gate saying you were a heavy metal singer on the Toolbox of the Trades podcast. I need to know more. I know. But, you know, so, well, we can get into
0: that. I got done with a, I went out on this little tour and I had to have a job when I got back. And I knew a guy who worked in a in a contact center setting appointments for an air conditioning company, just little a little mom pa shop in uh, Phoenix. So I went in there and I I went in to apply for a job and I I met the contact center manager and interviewed with him. And he said, you know, you seem like a good guy, but I just don't have anything for you. And when I was backing my car out, my parking space, he came up to the window and said, hey, you know what? Come in tomorrow. I'll find something for you. And so that's how I got into the business. $7 an hour, 30 hours a week. And I got a spiff when the call ran. Did that for a while, and then and it was cold calling, a lot of cold calling. I did that for a while. I did good at that. Yeah, then they asked me if I wanted to uh, learn how to be a technician or be a technician. I said, well, I don't know anything about air conditioners. They're like, okay, and we'll teach you. So I did that. You know, on the first day that I did that, they took me, uh, the guy who I was riding with, took me on a on a call, and it was a 30-foot ladder. And to this day, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a 30-foot ladder. So I got on this thirty-foot ladder, and you know, getting up on the roof is a breeze. Getting off the roof, like swinging, at every contractor that's watching this will relate to that. I mean, getting off of a roof onto a ladder can be a little, little dicey. It feels a little weird because you're swinging out over the, over the ladder. And then I got home, and I told my wife or my girlfriend at the time, I said, I, I can't do this job because it's thirty-foot ladder. Okay, I'm terrified of heights. And uh, she's like, yeah, you, don't, you. I don't want you on those ladders. So I'm like, cool. So I went in the next day and said, I can't do the job because of the ladders. And they said, oh, you don't have to go on roofs then. So I was like, really? They're like, yeah. So, you know, dodge that bullet. So right there, I mean, tried to quit the first day. Barely got the job because, you know, it's like, like seconds and inches, right? It's just, a, you know, the zig and the zag of, of life. And then they said, uh, do you want to just be straight sales? And I said, well, will I make more than I make as a technician? And they said, maybe. I said, all right, I'll try that. So I did that. And then, uh, you know, then that company became a one-hour franchise. Sure. That company got acquired.
2: And then uh, I ended up, uh,
0: you know, finding my way to Gettle eventually.
2: Sure. In the very small, minuscule off chance that someone listening to this show does not know about Gettle, tell them about Gettle, because I know the company is really important to you. Gettle's uh,
0: originated in Phoenix by the Gettle brothers in 1939. They actually were the pioneers of the residential air conditioning. They built their own over the years. Basically, Phoenix wouldn't be habitable if it wasn't for you know air conditioning. They got involved with the uh, the builders there, the Dell Web builders and the Sun City communities, the and Sun Lakes communities, and they put in all the air conditioners in that pretty much entire city. Over time, manufacturing got tough, so they got out of the manufacturing. just became a service company. Been around forever. They they went through tough times, high times, tough times, and uh, you know Ken Goodrich ended up uh, you know buying the company. You know next thing you know, I, I found myself working there, and I remember when I was. A technician in the field and I was getting trained and whenever I'd see a ghetto air conditioner, you know, the, the the guy that I was training with was always, you know, those are, they, those, they run forever. They were called the iron horse.
2: The iron horse. There you go.
0: We still pull off, you know, 30, air, 30 year old air conditioners, 30 year old Gettles, 40 year old Gettles off of rooftops in Phoenix. They're still running. They're not energy efficient, right? Because they were built in you know, the 70s but uh they they still run they're they're amazing machines
2: got it so ghetto yeah. as an industry as Gettle, well ghetto as a company right now uh is in arizona california new mexico i believe
0: no uh california uh, yeah. uh arizona nevada
2: and texas and you know? texas and how many locations across all those states more to come uh nine nine okay and you are the VP of sales of all of them. So, from someone yeah. who you know, got back off tour from his heavy metal band and just happened yeah. to roll into a a residential service shop and barely got the job, almost quit. You're now VP of sales of one of the largest HVAC and plumbing companies in the country. And with some of the with honestly one of the best reputations. I mean, Ken Goodrich is a giant in the industry. I've had him on this podcast twice. He specifically recommended you. So, and I know that you're really loyal to Ken because that is something that came up when we talked. So tell me a little bit about your relationship with him and the rest of the team and why Gettle is so important to you at this stage in your career.
0: The company that I was working for got acquired and then it it got acquired by another guy. And I worked for this guy for like maybe a week. And the first day... Uh, he came in and he said, we are going to be the hot. We are going to be the biggest air conditioning company in Arizona in three years. And everybody went, ah, and then he said, in the next sentence, I swear to God, he said, I don't know how we're going to do it. Then everybody went, Ugh. then I called my called my friend who was working for Ken, uh, went and met him for dinner. And then afterwards, uh, like, most of our dinners end. They end with cigars, and we smoked cigars till probably midnight or one a.m. Got home probably one or two in the morning and woke my wife up and told her that I met the guy that was going to change our lives forever. Holy crap! And she said, "Wow, can we talk about this tomorrow?" And so Ken and I just have connected right away on a vision, uh, you know, his, on our vision or his vision, personal level. We just connected, just hit it off. Still working on it. It's still a work in progress, but we've done some pretty uh, cool things in that's, eight years.
2: That's awesome. So I want to call out two points in your story there. One, you had just, we were at a company that just been acquired, and this guy who took it over had this giant idea, but no strategy or insight into how it was actually going to happen. And for you, that was a giant red flag, it sounds like. Yeah, and I'll
0: just say this too, just to clarify is that I was working for George Donaldson, and that was great. Great guy, great company. He sold the company, the guy who bought it, another great guy, just didn't have the vision. And he didn't have the business for very long, not uh, bagging on anybody.
2: But as someone who was looking to succeed and grow, you were looking for a leader who had more than just some fancy words to throw around. You were looking for some actual, yeah. all right, tell me how we're going to do it. That was really important to you, it sounds like.
0: Yeah. And I didn't have the plan. Like I just knew that I like strong leadership. I like decisive, strong, action-oriented leadership uh, and, uh, I had that. And then I saw, I I heard some things immediately that I was like, Ooh, I don't think that's, that's this place anymore. You know, I, I made, made a move and I met Ken and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is exactly the kind
2: of guy I want to work with. A reason I'm bringing this all up is because, um, something that comes up on this podcast all the time is how do you retain the best talent? And so many insightful leaders like Ken, are you have to give them a piece of the pie. You have to give them incentives to keep it. And I just want to call out how that, I think, is a really great way to connect realistically with people who you feel can bring a lot to the company. And I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, he made me a a partner from from day one. So, and, you know, it's funny because I was talking about this the other day, is that, you know, the difference with Ken is that he's done this. I mean, by the time he got Gettle, by the time he he bought Gettle, uh, he had already, I think, done six deals where he bought, built, and then, you know, sold a business for, uh, uh, you know, millions of dollars. It was like his sixth time and fifth or sixth time. And and, uh, so he had done this. And so, you know, I mean, there was a long list of, now of course, when you have a lot of success, there's a list of people that aren't fans, right? Sure. But then there were also a list. It was also a list of people that were deeply loyal to Ken and believers in Ken, whom he had helped them to build wealth. You know. Yeah. And so I knew that there were people who told me that weren't fans that were like, "Oh yeah, he's told that to a lot of people and it didn't work out and this and that." And I couldn't find any anybody through my extensive research, uh, you know, I was like, everybody that I, have you know, looked into, I was like, well, you achieve this, you get this. There wasn't just some like arbitrary gift. It's sure. like, you know, if you, if we achieve this, you get this. And if you didn't achieve it, you didn't get it, whatever it is, right. He, whether he it's didn't... a bonus, whether it's a pay, it's a wage, you sell the air conditioner for $15,000. This is what you get paid. But the thing is, is that, yeah, Ken delivers He's delivered on every promise that he's ever made, as far as I know, in his whole career. Without Ken, I would definitely not be here. I
2: wouldn't be on this podcast with you. In the limited time that I've known him and the little the constraint space, I agree with everything you said. So He really
0: cares about the industry,
2: too. He probably doesn't get enough credit for it, but he's not really looking for that. When you and I first spoke, you said that you like to avoid distractions like the plague. Yeah. In fact, this is the first solo podcast you've ever done. Yeah. So how do you manage that avoidance uh, in such a high visibility role at a high profile company?
0: It's hard. Yeah, I try to fly under the radar, but you you can't really fly under the radar when you're the VP of sales. I don't really do a lot of networking outside of Gettle. I'm pretty focused on on the task at hand. So I just, I I avoid all of that. I just try to be absorbed everything around me and try not to make it about myself as much as possible. Now, Ken has said he wants me to start getting uh, into more of this
2: stuff. And sharing your expertise for sure. Well, I'm curious when it comes to laser focus because I struggle with this a lot. I am total millennial, grew up around screens. Anything can distract me. So, how do you just maintain focus? Do you do like bullet journaling or something, or do you do? Do you have a specific process that you follow?
0: In our business, we come in the scoreboards at zero every day, pretty much. So, I focus on metrics. I have my uh, my key people throughout the organization that I'm in contact with. So it's, uh, you know, just very metrics oriented. We have our, our, our daily, our DSC, our daily compass that we look at for all of our sales metrics. And that tells the story of the business. And then I reach out to my, uh, to my team and we pull the necessary levers to drive the numbers and drive the results. So I keep it very focused on that. You know, when I'm staring at the, at the DSC or a spreadsheet and looking at the numbers, it's kind of everything else kind of
2: fades away. In recent episodes I've recorded, we talk a lot about personnel and the importance of making people feel included and connecting with your team on a pretty. I don't want to say, I don't want to say like a pretty uh, intimate basis by any means, because I still think at the end of the day, businesses are businesses and they need to turn a profit. It is important to, you know, connect with the folks that you're that are underneath you. So how do you manage in between that? I don't focus on the personality the numbers drive my actions but how do you kind of weigh that against i'm also this is a people business and all the business happens to the people so how am i connecting yeah. with the people does that make sense i'm a sales guy
0: you know so always up to talk about things that aren't associated with business i mean i'm i'm very folk when i get in my office and the door closes i'm focused but, you know, to get to my office, I walk through the contact center, I walk through shared services, I walk through the shop, and, uh, you know, I know who's, who everybody's football team is. I want to make sure that I'm having real conversations with people. And that's, as a salesperson, when I was a salesperson, I just, you know, I just like to have real conversations with people.
2: I would be remiss if I did not ask the VP of sales at Gettle about your preferred sales approach. So what are some common sales words of wisdom that you like to impart on fellow contractors when they ask it, or rather when Ken's like, Hey, talk to this guy.
0: It's funny because everyone's, everyone can sell, you know, and then in the HVAC industry, I mean, every HVAC company, every plumbing company out there, they all know how to sell. I think what separates the good salespeople from the great ones have real conversations. I mean, if they give you an objection that doesn't make sense, say that doesn't make sense. You know, I don't like scripts. I've never mm-hmm. liked scripts. I've I like because I think that the word script in its essence is not authentic. It's a script. Makes sense. You know? And so I've, you know, I all of my salespeople. They follow a framework, but they have, you know, freedom to work in that framework. As long as you're getting your points across about the equipment, about the products, you know, whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you know, you have to identify what your thing is. And just being able to connect with people quickly. You know, I gave my phone number to like every customer. People still call me that I sold air conditioners to, you know, eight years ago or seven years ago, they still call me when their thermostat's blinking, you know. I guess I've been doing this for 14 or 15 years now, but I don't remember any of the air conditioners. I don't remember any of that, but I remember the people, those relationships that I built and those people, that's, that's what I remember. And that's what, and, and as a person, I, that's what I search for. I look mm. for that every day. And if I connect with you and I believe in the product that I'm selling and I believe it's going to truly benefit you and your family, then, you know, I'm okay with being passionate, not pushy, but passionate.
2: So obviously, being a people person comes naturally to you, right? You're a performer. What do you say to technicians who want to get into more of a sales role that maybe are a little stiff? Uh, don't have that kind of ease with them, do you think that that's something that really has to be innate in their personality or do you think it can be trained?
0: I think that it can be trained to a point. I think that the people that have it, they're, they're, you know, they have a leg up, but I think it can be trained to a point. I mean, there's some people that just really struggle that, you know, they, you know, they can't look you in the eye or they can't, uh, you know, they, they, they have some bad, some bad habits and you know they just struggle with that or they have like major like social anxiety and they just can't connect with people if you have the natural ability the natural gift to connect with people and then you learn the tools of say the sales tools then you you know that's the best platform but i've seen guys that come in the door people you know some gals too have seen people come in the door that weren't uh confident in conversations with customers. We have some systems that can help with those people, you know,
2: uh, help those technicians, you know, they they can be successful. People love a script, love being able to control every element of the customer journey. You know, I've, I've heard yeah. owners that say, you know, you got to know exactly what your technician is doing the minute they park in front of the customer's house until they pull away. And the style I'm getting from you is really more of it sounds like scripts really squash authenticity and just make things really mechanical.
0: I think you need to take those those scripts and you you want to make all that stuff your own. I mean, I know all those scripts. I've been we've all been to the same anybody who's watching this podcast that's in the HVAC industry, we've all seen the same trainings, we've all read the same scripts, we've all been doing this. But the most successful people are the ones that can make it their own. And we, and we try to teach that stuff. I mean, we try to we do some role playing on things like that in morning meetings so that the guys can get comfortable looking at things around the house and having conversations. And, you know, all of that is good stuff. And, you know, when you're training people, you have to train them. You have to train them with scripts. I mean, we use scripts. But once you get out in the field and you're in front of these customers, right? Everybody, what is Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson said everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. It's like you got a script, and then the customer says something completely off script. Well, I'll tell you, if you're re- now you now, now it's hand-to-hand combat. You better be able to think on your feet. And so, you know, we, we, you have to learn all that stuff, but then you have to figure out how to make it your own.
2: So VP of Sales, obviously a very big title. You oversee a pretty large organization. I'm assuming. Yeah, about a tell Thousand me, employees. Oh no, big deal. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Just a cool thou. Cool thousands. I would make machine. the argument that it's that every
0: employee is my responsibility. Definitely.
2: So tell yeah. me about your second in command and who underneath you kind of helps run the sales machine. Who are the people? Yeah, that i got a few. I, a few. Uh, I you know I've got a guy Stephen Gamst
0: He's, uh, we acquired his business in Las Vegas uh, a few years ago, and he came with it, and now he's in Texas. I've got Tony Ibarra, who is, uh, we pulled him out of, Las, out of uh, New Mexico, and he's in my Phoenix operation, and he runs the sales in Arizona. You know, I've got a team of guys around me that uh, they, they get it done. We're all aligned at a frightening level to the point where Ken will come to one of them and say, "Hey, you, you know, what do you think of this and this?" And they'll give him the answer, and he'll say, "You're just parroting Dale." You know, and it's like you're just regurgitating what Dale told you. And then they're like, "No, I'm not." But we're we're all very aligned, you know, of how we do things, and we have to be because you know this 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 world that we're that we're all in. You know it's uh you, know, you, you don't there's not much time that we're up we're always up against time you know mm. we're not going to do it someone else is going to do it mm. you
2: know, oh in terms I, of competition yeah
0: it's like if yeah. we're not we're 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 you know running hard and if we slow down then somebody is there's other people that are running just as hard just as fast and just as smart Ken or pretty smart. But no, there's other people that are very smart and they're running just as hard and just as smart. And so you better be aligned with your team. At Gettle, we're so aligned that if you're not aligned, it's very uncomfortable for you. We're very focused, very aligned. And if you're not in, aligned with what we're trying to accomplish and how we're doing it, you, uh, you, it's very uncomfortable, very fast.
2: Well, tell me a little bit about alignment. How do you get so many uh, different people on the same page, and how does that trickle down as the company grows and grows and expands and is in different locations, different time zones? How do you maintain alignment?
0: I mean, it's tough, you know. But uh, you know, we look for you know when we're when we're expanding, you know, we're we're looking for, you know, obviously we're looking for for profitable businesses in specific geographical areas, but really we're looking for, you know, strong leadership. When we go out and, uh, and acquire these new businesses in new locations, we're acquiring, you know, you're acquiring the profit and you're acquiring the equipment, the trucks and the location and all of that, but, you know, really you're acquiring the people. And so we're looking for a t- certain type of person, you know, somebody that's wants to get it done, not afraid of change. You know, we try not to change. You know, change is a, is nobody likes change, right? I don't. People say that. Oh, I love change. It's like you like change. You you don't. Everyone likes change, if it's something that they want to change. It's inevitable, but it's like you know, there's certain things you don't want to change. You're going to be resistant to that. You know, sure. but the things that are some things you don't care about, some things you do. You know, our culture, it's a system. It's the the way that we're going to conduct ourselves. We have the the
2: ghetto way which is right here. Oh my goodness, you just pulled out a little booklet for anyone uh, listening on the audio. It's every one of our employees carries that
0: with them and that's our that's our list, that's our getaway, our list of non-negotiables of how we're going to conduct ourselves as a business and you know and uh, and then we have systems in place, our sales system and our technician how to run a call and how to answer the phones and we have this, you know, so we have aligned you know, systems. That's tough, right? Getting everybody on that, but then also getting everyone's mindset aligned.
2: Yeah. I want to talk to you about mindset as well, because that's also something that comes up on this show all the time. It's like kind of one of the themes that's always lurking in the background, ready to pop up. Mindset is so important. So tell me about that.
0: Yeah, it's all about mindset for me. I mean, you know, and that's where it's like the mindset of where it really is a team effort. And that's kind of the thing, too, is that we, we try not to be inside, have our team, you know, not in silos where they're just running their own program. We want everyone to have freedom to have be entrepreneurial and you know, autonomous to a certain point, but then we have to keep everybody moving in the same direction. And so, you know, the mindset of the of the sales leaders of and all the GMs in our business is that you know we've got uh, we've got you know there again every day you come in in this you know you come in there's your the scoreboards at zero every day. I said that earlier. It's like and you know you come in and you you uh, you have the scoreboards at zero and you got to hit your number every day and and you know and if you're if you're self aware you know that you're only going to be able to achieve your number your goal through all the people and you can't beat people you can't beat people into being successful you can't pound them into being successful and so you have to be positive you have to have a positive mindset then all these things have to happen, and then if then if all those things happen, then when I was a sales guy, then I'd show up on a sales call, and then I'd have to connect with the customer, and then sell the job, and then the installers would have to install it. You know, so there were so many things that had to happen. I don't know. it's probably twenty things that have to happen. Probably a hundred.
2: You know, that have to happen that have before to happen. you make before you make business before you before were I able even to... get an
0: opportunity to make a sale. Exactly. So when I make that sale, you know, can I really take credit? I yeah. had a part in it. I played a part. But how big of a part? Yeah. Every, everybody, could, everybody knows how to sell an air conditioner. It's hard to not truly appreciate, you know, the, behind me is a, on the other side of that wall is a, you know, 100 seat contact center. That's the first touch point.
1: You know. Yeah. And
0: so when I walk through there, I appreciate every one of them. And you know, when I was a sales guy, I appreciated, you know, every time I sold a job, I'd I'd buy somebody lunch. I'd buy the off I'd buy the office lunch. There are so many people that are involved. And then today as the VP of sales, it's like, come on, it's like there's like a thousand employees doing their job. You know, so if I get on a podcast and start talking about all the great things I've done, it's like, you know, there's, you know, there's a a thousand people doing great things every day at Gettle so that I can do my job. The magic doesn't happen in a planning session in the conference room with the executive team. The magic happens when a happy technician or a happy CXR answers the phone and you can hear the smile in their voice. And when a happy technician gets in front of a happy customer, that's the magic. You know, or when the installers go out and install this job that looks just like a work of art, you know, the tankless water heater is just perfect. And that that's the magic. And so everything that I do or that we do as, you know, leaders needs to support that. And me, And every day you have to ask, I have to ask myself. If what I'm doing or the ideas that I have or the things that I'm trying to implement or make happen is supporting
2: that because otherwise
0: it's truly the tail is wagging the dog.
2: I just want to summarize what you, what you said here, right? Because I love the mindset of this is a team sport. I cannot run this thing alone. I need the support of all the people around me to help get, get us to the goal line score that point, whatever that may be. And you also talk about alignment, having that booklet in your back pocket as this is what Gettle's all about, this is what we strive to do, and then having those systems. Those are all three big components that enable Gettle to have the high growth environment that it currently does. And I think it's something that I want the listeners to take away as they think about how do I start building this foundation for growth and scalability as I aspire to potentially be someone like Dale or someone like Ken Goodrich. So I thought that was very cool. And it actually got me thinking in terms of how I work and how I can better contribute to my own team.
0: The growth component, it's, you know, if you, if you don't have the foundation, right, you know, if you can't, you build a, I mean, you can build a house that looks amazing on sand, but, you know, if you don't have that solid foundation, the house might look beautiful, but. Eventually, it's gonna gonna start getting wonky, right?
1: Totally. And
0: yeah, and so when you're running as fast of a pace as Gettle is, or as a lot of our colleagues are, we're not the only one, you know. We we I think we believe we're the best, you know. But we're, there's lots of people doing lots of great things in this industry. I could name lots. I could name a dozen. Otherwise, you know, I mean, there again, it's like, you know, if you're trying to sell, because if the game is, if the game that we're all playing is trying to, and this isn't what everyone wants, but a lot of people want to, a lot of the contractors want to build their business and, and and then sell it and then do it again. And, you know, you don't want to sell. And if you sell something, and they can, and the people that are buying the businesses, they can sniff it out. Yeah. They can sniff it out. Like, yeah, there's lots. Lots of money, lots of revenue, but the foundation is very, very shaky. And, you know, they, they're they the people that buy the business from you. They, they're they're going to do the same thing. They're going to try to build it and then they're going to sell it. And their reputation, you know, we're, we all put our, if you sell, you know, you, if I sell, you sell me a car and you sell me a lemon, I'm never going to buy another car from you. Exactly. I'm going to make sure that if, you, if I sell you an air conditioner and, and it's a lemon, you're never going to buy another one from me and you're probably going to let everyone that you know to not buy one from me. If I sell you a business and it's a lemon, you're never going to buy another business from me and you're probably going to tell all your friends to not buy, buy a it. business. Yeah. So it's like you really have to make sure that the foundation is solid. That's what can really, you know, he always brings it back to the basics, back to the blocking and tackling, just the basics. It's like wow. if you're a technician in the field, you know, and you're struggling in the field and you, you ask, you know, what I'm, I'm having a really hard time. What should I do? And I just would always say, go back to the basics, sell some coil cleanings, clean some coils, sell some capacitors, sell some filters, take it back to the basics Just try to build a great relationship with the customer back to basics.
2: Dale, I love where we ended up. I thought we were going to talk a lot about maintaining focus and we ended up going into building foundations and making sure that stuff is strong so you can grow. And I love that. I love when conversations like this get to evolve and grow. Uh, I don't want to keep you much longer because you've been so generous with your time, but I have two more questions I want to ask. Okay. first up, um what should we have talked about that we didn't talk about yet? Is there anything on your mind that you want to share with contractors as a whole on the toolbox for the trades audience that we can talk about right now?
0: Mindset, keep your head straight. A lot of people when they have some success as if they're technical if there's any technicians on this podcast watching, it's you know, I've seen a lot of guys that, get some success and they just, they, they just, for whatever reason, they freak out, they go out and they buy a, you know, they have a good month and they go out and buy a truck that they can't afford or they buy a, or, you know, or, or their ego. They, they think that, you know, that the success is because they're great and they can take their craft. And we've had guys say, you know, they do the little LeBron James decision and they say, I'm going to shop my, my, my talents to the highest bidder. <clears throat> you know, hmm. we've had people say that, those words. And it's just, you know, and and their, their, their ego, ego is is terrible. So, you know, stay humble, try to make sound decisions. You know, it's like when when things are going really good, people sometimes make really bad decisions when it's going really good. Like, oh, I'm, I'm doing so great, I can do this anywhere. And they leave a great situation. Or when things are going really bad, they think, "Oh, I'm not being treated right. This is all everyone else's fault. So I'm going to leave." And they leave a good situation. And really, is a lot of times the people that are the most successful, in my experience, is they are the ones who just stay the course. Hmm. They stay the course. They're the, the they're the the tortoise in the hair, right? Sure. They're the tortoise. They just keep plugging away. You know. I love that. And, uh, and they and they stay humble.
2: I love that. All right. So now that I know about your, your history, I'm so excited to ask you this question. If you had to choose a song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be? ACDC, it's a long way
0: to the top if you want to rock and roll. Hell yeah.
2: That's perfect. <laughs> that's yeah. so perfect. May I ask it before worries. we it's go forward? It's a long path to
0: Whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, it doesn't happen overnight.
2: I love that. Uh, And may I also ask, what was the name of the uh, heavy metal band that you used to sing for? If you want to divulge. I was in a band called F, the letter F, five. F five. Fantastic. Well, Dale, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you today on Toolbox for the Trades. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And I will take your words to heart. Today, I'm going to practice humility and hopefully for many days moving forward. Hey, Toolbox listener, if you enjoy Toolbox for the Trades, then I would love it if you left us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps the show grow and helps us get discovered by more contractors like you.
1: Are you looking to build a top tier service company? Service Titans Contractor Playbook is a handy guide to help you get where you want to go authored by the industry's greatest minds. This free all-in-one playbook will help you set your company up for success. Learn how to provide excellent customer service, establish your company's culture, market to new and existing customers, and more. Just go to servicetitan.com slash getplaybook to access the free digital guide. That's servicetitan.com slash getplaybook.